discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. You. Can you please be seated? Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so excited. We've anticipated coming here in our hearts. It has come to pass. <laughs> God is so good. We are just the product of God's mercies and God's goodness. We are all here by His mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, bless God for your lives and for God bringing you here. If God connects connect you to, to the bishop, uh, it, it's a good connection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a powerful connection. Yeah. It, the Bible, there's a prophecy in the Bible that God said that I'll give you pastors or shepherds after my own heart. Yeah, who will feed you with wisdom and knowledge. So God has blessed us with a bishop who's like that. I mean, and he's guiding you with the skillfulness of his hands and with the integrity of his heart, like David. Ah. So I know you're in the right place. If, if, if I want to recommend a church for you to be, it's love economy. Wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So, God bless you, all the pastors. All the pastors, God bless you for following the, the, the bishop. You. The pastors and the pastors' wives. God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. All the leadership, God bless you for, for good work. Someone told me that he met some love economy people in Tadi and they were doing evangelism. Said so the guys were the guys are wild. The person told me the guy the guys are wild. The way they were following up and they were moving up and down. He was so surprised. And the person told me they had to take inspiration. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, so God bless you for what you are doing. God bless you. And if you are here, you are in a good place. You will see that your life is prospering. If you follow whatever comes from the podium. Your life is prospering. You are moving from glory to glory, from grace to grace. Yeah. The, the anointing and the grace is from the head. So from the bishop, it just comes down to the pastors, to the elders, to everybody. It's a great connection. And we thank God for his mercies for our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I read for God's word. Thank you, Jesus. Can you lift your right hand? Oh, your name is exalted. Bora Samandora Basande. 
fresh the machine, the stack, the suhak, the Sunday. Felele, sish imatarek, sish tabakakatis. Bros imbranda simbrandak, the sinch imanarek, sate. Torobo, simbrante, te, katras, tishomo, maramakolo, sisanda, stiketata. Statra, bastute, katara, tustende. Mari inga shishta bakatisata. In Jesus' name, we receive from you, blessed Holy Spirit. Father, you have loved us. We receive of your love. We are transformed by your word. We are never the same. We are changed from glory to glory. And this blessed morning, Father, bestow on us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Cause us to know the unfathomable riches of the glory of your inheritance which you have bequeathed to us. Our lives are transformed and we are glorious. In Jesus' name, Father, we have blessed you. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. I'm speaking on the subject. I'm trying to name it, but <laughs> I'm trying to name it. Legalities. Legalities. So I'm speaking on legalities. <laughs> legalities. Lest Satan should take an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Lest Satan should take an should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Hallelujah. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. There are times in our Christian lives, there are things we are living for. We've done everything to get answers and results, but we have not gotten them. Three of us. You know that you are told to pray, but you have prayed every kind of prayer, but there's no result. <laughs> then you are told to fast. You have tried all manner of fasting. You've gone six to twelve, six to six, two days, three days. <laughs> Nothing is happening. You've tightened. You don't see a result. You've given seats. You are not seeing a result. You've gone for prophetic meetings. You are not seeing a result. You've done everything. Now you don't know what to do. You don't know whether you have done something for God not to answer you. <laughs> you don't even know what to think. You can't even think straight. Today you think this way. The next day you think this way. So if we are in such a state... But the reason why I'm here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So I want to show you why we do all these things and sometimes still we are not getting results. Because of what is called legalities. <laughs> Hallelujah. Legal things. <laughs> There are some things that are legal that <laughs> without knowing these legalities, you can do everything and still get no result. 
<laughs> so how many of you are interested in this message? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay. So lest Satan should get an advantage of us. Now, the word get an advantage is from a Greek word, pleonectio. Pleonectio. Now, pleonectio actually means to cheat someone out of what belongs to him. Or to rob someone from what belongs to him. Something is yours. But someone comes to you and uh, subtly he takes from you what is yours. So, Paul, Apostle Paul is saying, lest Satan should do that to us. Lest. The word lest means he could just do it and it, it, may, it may happen at any time. Lest Satan should do this to us. So, what he wants to is to rob you, to steal from you. He wants to rob you of your peace. Want to rob you of your health. Rob you of your money. Rob you of your relationship. Rob you of the peace you have in your married life. Rob you of many things. He wants to get advantage of you. And Apostle Paul said, Abba, see, we, know, we know all his tricks. We know all his devices. We know it. We know it. And most of the times, God's people are found in a critical bondage. Isaiah 42 verse 22. But this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes. And they are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey. Isaiah 42 rather. 42, 22. They are for a prey and none deliver it. Twenty-two. You see, but this is a people robbed and spoiled. He's talking about God's people. They are robbed and they are spoiled. You know, spoiled. <laughs> All your goodies have been taken from you. They are all of them snared in holes, and they are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey and none delivered, for a spoil and none see yet restored. So we should not, shouldn't get to this place. But a lot of God's people are in this position. Yeah. yeah. It's like the, their peace is gone. Their money is gone. They have no rest of mind. Their sickness is plaguing them. Troubles of every sort. And we wonder whether Christ has really died. Because these are the things Christ died for. So this is a people robbed and it's the devil. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So that's what he does. But I want you to know legal things so that in all your life, you will enjoy life forever. Isaiah <laughs> 49, verse 24. Shall the prey be taken from the captive? from the mighty, or the lawful captive delivered. Verse 25. But thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. <laughs> and I'll contend with him that contend, contended with thee, and I'll save thy children. Let's go back to 24. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty, or the lawful captive delivered? Now, when we read in King James, the, the word lawful captive literally is the captives of the righteous. We can see that in the YLT. If you take me to YLT, it will make it clearer. Okay. YLT. Young's literal translation. So, when you read from the Y, some of your phones have YLT. YLT says that shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the captives of the righteous delivered. The captives of the righteous. The word lawful 
is the word for righteous. The captives of the righteous be delivered. The captives shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the captives of the righteous. Now, in this verse, the captives of the righteous, you, you have it. Okay. This is the only verse that the Bible calls Satan righteous. <laughs> This is the only verse in the whole Bible that Satan is called righteous. Now, Satan has two names here. One is mighty. Oh, you've done a good job. Good job. Shall the prayer be taken from the mighty or the captives or the righteous delivered? <laughs> Satan here is called... <laughs> How? How come Satan is called righteous? We know this guy too is not righteous. Yeah, legalities. <laughs> we know that this guy, I mean, John 8.44 tells us that he's a father of lies. Uh, if I, when he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature. That's what the Bible says. Uh -huh. He is the deceit. He himself is deceit personified. He's called the deceit. Uh -huh. So, the captives, let's keep the captives of the righteous. Now, there are two names here of, of Satan that, uh, number one, he's called mighty. What gives him the might? And number two, he's called righteous. What gives him the righteous ground? But for your information, Satan is not mighty. Outside Christ is mighty, but in Christ he's not mighty. We who are in Christ know he's not mighty. The thing is that the moment you have revelation of what Jesus did, you wouldn't respect Satan again. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you wouldn't respect him again. And you lose respect of him and you realize that he doesn't have the power people think he has yeah because actually in first corinthians 2 verse 5 and 6 the bible describes him let's go to first corinthians and then he said you have a verse 6 and then he said you have a more fast version i know we don't have more fast version how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, or the princes of this world that come to naught. The Moffat says, or you have the Amplified. The Moffat says, the dethroned powers of this age who are becoming useless. The dethroned powers of this age. The Amplified said, the rulers of this age who are being brought to nothing and are doomed to pass away. The Moffat says, the dethroned powers Satan is a dethroned power and the principalities, the dethroned powers of this age who are becoming useless. What it means is that today is Sunday. By Monday, their uselessness has increased. By Tuesday, their useless, uselessness has increased further. Uh -huh. The more the days are going, the more their uselessness is increasing. They are dethroned, but they are doomed. I mean, they are becoming more useless <laughs> because the days are drawing there. <laughs> That's why they are trying to act and do something quick. And Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all, not some, Luke 10 19, over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Look at it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So it says, Behold, I give unto you power. The word power here is authority. I give unto you the authority. So there's a different article there in the Greek. I give unto you the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, serpents and scorpions, demons and fallen angels, and over all the power of the enemy, over all the ability of the enemy. This time it's ability. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Who is speaking? Jesus. Is he a liar? So when he says nothing shall by any means hurt you, why do you think something can hurt you? Why do you think witches can hurt you? Now, the only reason they can hurt you is because of legalities. <laughs> legalities. Nothing, because in the Greek, there's a double negation there. Nothing, not by any way, by no means. No, no. <laughs> it's a double negation. By no means, not in any wise, can anything hurt you. Yeah. But why do some things hurt believers? Why do, I mean, the occult sometimes hurts believers? Because of legalities. I'm talking about legalities. Hallelujah. <laughs> legalities. All right. So, Satan has been stripped of his authority and power over mankind when Jesus died and rose up. Let's go back to our verse. Isaiah 49 verse 24. We say Isaiah 49 verse 24 is the only verse Satan is called righteous. You see, Satan is called righteous. Now, why is he called righteous? Why is he, why is he called righteous? Now, this is a legal term. We know he's not righteous, but why is Satan called righteous? I want you to know that Satan is a lawyer. <laughs> he's a lawyer. That's one of his titles. First Peter 5 verse 8. He's a lawyer. So, he operates by legalities. That is why some believers become victims. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary. Now, the word adversary is a legal term. In the Greek, antidikos. The word is a prosecuting attorney who vehemently opposes the accused. A prosecuting attorney who vehemently opposes the accused. So, Satan is a lawyer. If you understand law, you can understand the Bible. You know, we, we also have two lawyers. Jesus is a lawyer. First John 2 verse 1. This is a right unto your little children that you sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus the righteous. <laughs> Jesus the righteous, advocate. And the Holy Ghost, we see, is the, our advocate, the Paracletus, advocate. We, we also have two lawyers. One on earth and one in heaven. So you can never lose a case. <laughs> Satan is an adversary, the prosecuting attorney. Alright. When does the adversary becomes right, become righteous? These are legal things. Legal things. <laughs> legal things. <laughs> Luke chapter 22, verse 32. Let's start from 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired. You know, the word is desired, but it's a, 
ASB. Satan has asked, he has asked to have you and to sift you as wheat. Hmm. <laughs> the word asked, excitement, is one of the Greek words for prayer, is to ask something according to your rights and legal standing. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Satan has asked on legal basis to, to have you because it was just, that he may sift you as wheat. You know, sifting processes where the husk is separated from the chaff is separated from the wheat. Look at what Jesus said in the, ne- in the next verse. He said, But I have made supplication for you that thy faith fail not. And do thou, when once thou hast turned again, establish thy brethren. Let's go to King James. Aha. Uh-huh. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now, look at what Jesus told Simon. Satan has asked you legally to, to have you and to sit you as with. But I have prayed for you. When thou art converted, what does it mean? He was going to fall anyway. Jesus even couldn't pray that Satan shouldn't take him. Legalities. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Jesus couldn't pray to prevent Satan from taking him. Jesus didn't pray that Peter would not fall. He prayed that his faith would not fail because he was going to fail. So what Jesus prayed concerning him was his faith. Because he was going to fail. Jesus didn't pray that he would not fail because already he had, he had already failed to begin with. So he was praying that his faith would not fail. <laughs> because when you fall, the most important thing is your faith. You can still see him and come back. When thou art converted, it means that he, he was going to fall, yet he, he was, Jesus was prophesying that though he falls, he was, he was still going to come back. When thou art converted. Why did Jesus not pray that the whole thing would not come to pass? Because Satan did it legally. So his hands are tied. There are some certain things the Lord can't do anything about because of legalities. <laughs> Praise God. What did Peter do? I'll come back to it. I don't have to answer immediately. <laughs> So, he is the adversary. Now, the reason Satan is able to get God's people is when, when you violate a spiritual principle. When you violate a spiritual principle, he begins to have rights. There are people in other countries who are staying there, but they, they don't have papers. They are citizens of another country, but they've, they've gone to... Someone called me that, oh, he's been in... This country for a long time, but for years he doesn't have papers. So they can do anything to you because you are there illegally. When you violate a spiritual principle and you get to the territory where he is Lord and King, whatever he does, he becomes righteous. He's right to do it. Yeah. So there are some spiritual principles when you violate. You, are, you get to his territory, the realm or the arena or the zone where he has a right to prevent and to do a lot of things concerning your life. Why did he... Look at Job. We'll come back to Job. 
Satan could walk boldly when the sons of God met and demand of Job's life. God knew it. Even God says, oh, have you considered? God knew he came because of Job. Has, have you considered my servant Job? Oh, God was trying to even say, oh, there's none like him. Still, he still went. We'll come back to it because Job violated the spiritual principle. So even God could not prevent it from, Satan from doing what he did to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he violated the spiritual principle. Legalities. Hallelujah. Let's go a little deeper into these legalities. Then we begin to consider the things that gives him the legal grounds and, and a right to do what he does. Praise God. How are thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? How are thou cut to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, thou hast said in thine heart, now let's go to the beginning, what Lucifer did. Verse 13. Thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also on the mount of congregation in the sight of the north. The next verse, I will ascend above the height of the cloud, I will be like the most high. Now his ambition was to overtake take the throne of God. How can a mere creature, what's wrong with him? You are not the creator, you are a creature. You have an ambition to take the throne of God. Now, it's not, even, it's not easy to do a coup d'etat to take over the government of Ghana. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> you need to plan and plan well. <laughs> For years and penetrate. So, now the thing is that Satan said in his heart, God is amazed though. He's even revealing what he said in his heart, not in his mouth, but in his heart. <laughs> so how come this cherub could have this crazy, the craziest ambition ever to take over the throne of the Almighty God. The question is that, the thing is that, <laughs> if it wasn't possible, he wouldn't have conceived it. If it wasn't possible, he wouldn't have attempted to do that. The fact that he thought to do it means there was a possibility. And I thought there was a possibility. <laughs> If there was no possibility, he wouldn't have attempted. Why was it possible for him? Now, was Lucifer going to use power? No, he, would, he wouldn't do that. He knows he's a mere creature, and God is a creature, so he wouldn't use power. How can you attempt to attack the omnipotent? It's not possible. He wouldn't use power. But the guy was wise. None was wise as, was, as wise as him. Now, his wisdom is corrupted. When it comes to the completion of wisdom, then it was Lucifer. Son of man, take up a lamentation against the king of Tyros. Thou slest up the sum, <laughs> full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 12. Now Ezekiel is describing Lucifer. He says, thou slest up the sum. Now Lucifer sealed up the sum of wisdom. You know what it means? He sealed up. He was the sealing up of the, the summation of wisdom was him. He was very wise, full of beauty. So he was going to, he, he, he was wise and he wanted to take over the throne. Of course, he was too wise to attack. Michael is powerful than Lucifer, so he wouldn't do that. Michael is the warrior archangel. 
he Satan cannot he, he, he wouldn't do that uh -huh, he wouldn't do that <laughs> but how was he going to do it Satan knew something about the throne that we, we don't know you know why his ministry before he fell was around the throne Ezekiel 28 verse 14 thou art the anointed cherub that covereth you know what it means to cover King James says cover he protected and defended the throne of God his ministry as a cherub was to defend the throne of God protect the throne of God defend the throne of God he was always around the throne <laughs> he was always around the throne hmm. that's the word cover it in Hebrew he was defending the throne of God always around the throne around the throne you remember that the Ark of the Covenant is a picture of God's throne. The message says it's God's throne. It's a picture. There were three, there were, there were two cherubs that are always around. Yeah. Formerly, there were three. God does things in threes. Formerly, there were three. But when Lucifer lost his place, they became two. They became two. <laughs> yeah. And formerly, even with the angels, the hierarchy. Now, there was Michael. There was Lucifer. There was Gabriel. The thing is that Lucifer took care of one third of the angels. Michael took care of one third, and Gabriel one third. We have worship. We have the warrior, and we have the servants. These were the angels. The, the Bible talks about Michael and his angels, and the Bible talks about the dragon and his angels. You see, so in the Bible, Michael is the archangel. There's a, there's a difference I take for him. <laughs> he had his angels. The Bible shows us that, this, that, that yes, these are the top angels, you know. And Lucifer, of course, had he still drew one third of the angels. One third of the angels followed him, and what was left was two thirds. Uh -huh. What was left was two thirds. All right. Let me come back to my 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 what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh -huh. So he was all around the throne. Defending. Then he thought to himself, one day I'll take over this throne. One day I'll take over. How was he going to do it? Psalm 99. Psalm 97, verse 2, and Psalm 89, verse 14. Psalm 89, verse 14. Psalm 89, verse 14, and Psalm 97, verse 2. Can you, can you give me ASV? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of thy throne. You see, God's throne, the foundation of God's throne is based on righteousness and justice. What it means is that the throne is founded on justice and righteousness. So, the throne representing God's reign and rulership and administration is founded on justice and righteousness. That means that God must be just and must be righteous. Okay. Because the throne is founded, is founded, the foundation of the throne, justice and righteousness. Now, Satan is all around. The, defending the throne means he defends God's justice and righteousness. You see, one day he thought to himself, I can take over this throne. How will I do it? 
if I can get God to compromise on the basis of his righteousness, he will lose his legal rights to reign. Then I can take over. If I can get God to compromise on his righteousness or on his justice, God will lose the rights to rule. Because the judge of all the earth must be right. Abraham told God, shall the judge of the whole earth not be right? So if I can get him to compromise on his righteousness and justice, he cannot rule again. The another must take over the throne and that will be me. Praise God. Let me give an example to make it clear. Can I have two people here? Okay, can put it down so that when... All right. Okay. Now... When God made Adam, this is the whole story. I'll try and summarize and give so that the picture will come out. This is Adam. This is Adam. Now, you know that when, when the angels died, God had never spared the angels. Sorry, when they sinned, sorry, God didn't spare them. Hebrews 2 verse 17. Now, I want us to read Hebrews 2 17 in ASV. Verse 16. For verily, not to the angels doth he give help, but he give help to the seed of Abraham. Now, one version said he did not give aid to the angels. When the angels sinned, he didn't give them aid. But we, he came to give us eight. <laughs> okay. This is Adam. Now, Satan made an, a previous attempt, but I don't want to talk about that one. I want to talk about his attempt in the days of Adam. Satan got to know that God really loves Adam because he gave the whole earth to him and put everything into his hands and brought everything in subjection unto Adam. So Satan thought of, wow. God really loves this guy. God loves this guy. All his passions and desires is towards this guy. Then Satan also knew that there's one thing God hates. Sin. He knows God hates him. Sin, sin. God hates sin. God doesn't like sin. So he thought of something. This is what God loves. But this is sin. Sin is what God hates. Okay. Okay. So he took what God hates and united what God hates to what God loves to become one. So that now God will have to love and hate at the same time. <laughs> you know, now God, he wanted a kind of conflict in God. Now, when God is trying to love you, when God is loving you, he would have to hate. At the same time, because what he loves and what he hates is are united as one. So for God to kill what he hates, he will kill what he loves. That was Satan's greatest greatest achievement. <laughs> so now, when he had done that, he knew he was progressing in his attempt to take over the throne. It's working. Now, when he got Adam to sin, 
For a moment, Satan thought he had succeeded. And this is the drama of the ages. Because number one, God must be just. And in his justice, he must, man must die eternally. That is the justice of the throne. The wages of sin is dead. Because he didn't spare the angels. How, why should he spare you? It's like this. You are a judge in a, a town. Someone commits murder. What is what must be done? You must be killed. They take you to firing squad and you are gone. So someone, let's say someone committed murder, mass murder, and he was killed. After a while, the judge's own son goes to commit murder. And they break him to court. Can he say, oh, because you are my son, and because I love you, I want to spare you. If he does that, it is, it is a miscarriage of justice. He will lose his right to judge. It will be taken from him. Now this is where God got himself to. God had dealt with the angels. He now has man. A man has sinned. Satan was able to take what God hates to join it to what God loves. <laughs> so because man has sinned, man must die eternally. Satan knows that God is love. He knows he loves man too much to put him to eternal death. He knows man is made after his own nature. The angels were not made in the image of God. They were not made in the image and nature of God. But man is in God's image and God's likeness. So he knows that mm, he's too loving. He knows God. He's been around. He's too loving to condemn the one he loves. This one, God cannot do it. So he knew that for a moment, he put God into a certain state where he can easily compromise his justice by sparing man because of what he has done. Please, did, 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 did you get it? <laughs> so Satan was just hanging around. <laughs> if God is not right and does, is not just, doesn't do what is required of him, he will lose his right to reign. Then he will take over. <laughs> So at a time, for a while, hell was full of celebration. Tell it we are taking over. <laughs> taking over. They were taking their positions. I'll be this, I'll be that. We are taking over. <laughs> then, wow. So what will God do? Because are you so powerless to save what you love? Huh. But you must be just. Because your, your throne is founded on justice. Because you cannot violate your own word. This is your, what you have set in place. If you spare him, <laughs> it's a miscarriage of justice. What will God do? Legalities. 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 So Satan was all hanging around, waiting. And he became so powerful. In the Old Testament, Satan was powerful. He was powerful. You know how powerful he was? Because he, he took Adam's dominion. Adam's dominion, he caused him to fall and took his dominion. He was so powerful that one day Moses died. 
And Satan wanted to come and take the body of Moses. You know why? He wanted the Israelites to worship his body. Moses, you are saying you have been seeing God. Because Moses was like a, a mystery to them. So they were, he was going to tempt them to worship his body. So Jude 1 verse 9. Let's see Jude. Now let's start from verse 8 to make it clear. Likewise, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Now, we have two words. Dominion is talking about, about, talking about those who despise dominion and those who speak evil of dignities. You know, dignities, authorities. Now, he's saying that there are some people that they are so corrupt that they speak evil of dignities and they despise dominion. The next verse. Yet, Michael the archangel. <laughs> now, he's given us an example of not speaking against dignities and not despising dominion. He's given us an example. So he says, yet, it's a continuation. Michael the archangel, when contending with the body, with, with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Does not bring against him a railing accusation. He's saying that even archangel Michael couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't come against Moses. He couldn't come against Satan concerning the, the body of Moses. He couldn't. He couldn't even bring a ruling accusation against him. He couldn't. Why? He, he, he couldn't speak evil of dignities. And he couldn't despise dominion. Because at that time, Satan was working in a rank that was higher than Archangel Michael. Satan was working in the Adamic dominion. The Adamic dominion was higher than that angelic dominion so in an angelic rank he couldn't speak against satan because he was working in a higher office so rather michael had to employ a higher power against satan so he said the lord rebuke him he couldn't rebuke him <laughs> he couldn't the lord rebuke him hey. <laughs> Legalities. So he was a boss walking around. What was the answer to this enigma? How come? So now God was faced with a challenge. Number one, for God to be right, God must judge man. What man deserves is eternal damnation. But God loves him too much to take him there. So what can you do? How can you judge him and love him? When you judge him, he's no more. You cannot love him. The answer was the cross of Christ. Hallelujah. On the cross, you know what happened? So, on the cross, Jesus came to take your place. And all the judgment you, you deserved, she took on him. And the father turned his, his back on Jesus, his own son, because he was he had taken your place. And bore all your judgment, fully paid, so right now, by Jesus bearing your judgment, 
God is now right and just because the judgment has been born. But that way, his love is perfect. He has loved you. <laughs> yeah. So, the cross of Christ was a love of God, paying ransom to the justice of God. <laughs> so, the cross is the greatest, <laughs> is the wisdom of God, it's the power of God. Satan was shocked. That's why by the cross, Satan is, Satan is stripped. He's not stripped as in physical mind. Uh -oh. He's stripped of his legal ability and legal power. <laughs> Of a man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Adam. Now you are now righteousness. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. So these are legalities. Legalities. Praise the Lord. People ask question. Why, why is it that uh, when Adam sinned, look at what Satan has been doing on all, all these years. Why doesn't God kill Satan? If God is all-powerful, why doesn't he just say one word? And Satan is no more. Why do we have to go through all this trouble? Have you ever thought of that before? The church, the church I grew up in Cape Coast. There's a certain church I was in Cape Coast. Look, they went for, they fasted for 25 days. You know the fact the topic, the prayer, the, the prayer topic. God converts Satan, so that so that all the problems in this world will finish. <laughs> so they were praying for the conversion of Satan. Kabara, kabara, kabara. You see, it's not how much you pray, but how well you pray. <laughs> they prayed that Satan couldn't convert. <laughs> but why didn't God, God couldn't have done that legalities he couldn't have done that let me give an example can I have two other people for example uh -huh. okay alright so this is Adam okay please stand here alright this is Adam now assuming that I'm a I own this place. I'm, I'm a landlord. And I give you keys. So I'm giving you this house. Um, whatever you want to do with this house is yours. But uh, after six, six years, I'll come for it. So you can do whatever you want. After six years, I'll come for it. So that's my word. Then I go away. Then this guy lives in it for three months and handed over the keys to this one. Handle over keys that you 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 take over the property. When I hear it, can I come and pull her out? No, I'll go against my word. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll go against my word. It wouldn't stay. It wouldn't. It's not proper. The only way I can come for it is when the six years is over. I come to take over my take over my property. What, gave Adam, what God gave Adam was a lease of dominion. The dominion God gave Adam was time-bound. It's in the scriptures. It was time, there was a time limit to it. I know it. It's in the Bible. Yeah. 
6,000 years actually. Yeah. Oh, should I have said that? Anyway, I've said it. <laughs> you have to defend it with scriptures. <laughs> I don't have time to go in there. So, he gave him. And Adam gave to Satan. Now, let me show the original document. What God told Adam is what Satan repeated to Jesus at the Mount of uh, Temptation. Luke 4, verse 6. Look at what he said. Luke 4, verse 6. And the devil said to him, <laughs> look at what the devil, how, how come he had that guts to speak to the Son of God like this? He said, he, he wanted him to worship him. He said, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. Now, Satan is speaking to Jesus. And he wasn't lying, otherwise, <laughs> Jesus, was, Jesus never said, what is your said is not true. He said, for that is delivered to me. Who delivered to him? Adam. Look at it. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. That means Adam had the power to give to whomsoever he will. <laughs> oh. Hmm. And the Galatians. So God couldn't put Satan out of business until the time is right. One day Jesus was walking. There were some demon-possessed guys. Before he got there, the demon started shouting. Has thou come to torment us before the time? So they, they know the time. They know there's a time limit. Has thou come to torment us before the time? Most like they even know they are right. <laughs> Satan has been stripped, but he's still around. That's remember when they are praying, we bind, we bind Satan to Hades. We bind the demons to the bottomless pit. We bind them to no, no, it's not scripture. It's not time for him to get to the bottomless pit. He has been, he has been stripped, but he's still around, and he has power based on legalities. <laughs> uh -huh. But when the time fully ripe, when the when the time fully no, when the time fully ripe. The time marks the end of the fullness of the Gentiles. Or when the times of the Gentiles is fulfilled. When Christ comes, that's when the original time God gave Adam expires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. So Satan is still, is still around, though he has been stripped. But many are working in ignorance, and uh, because of legalities, he has power. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Please do you understand so far? Yeah. Apostle David, I hope I'm right. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Sorry. Now. So now, legalities. He's a lawyer. He's the, he's the adversary. He's the attorney. How does Satan, or why does he? Why do we pray and we don't get answers? Why do we fast and we still don't get answers? Why have we believed for long and still we are under torment? And I said it's because of legalities. Okay. So what are some of these legalities Satan uses to rob and to spoil believers? Number one, unforgiveness and bitterness. <laughs> unforgiveness and bitterness. Actually, when Paul said in uh, our opening verse, 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get an advantage 
over us. He was telling the church to forgive someone. He was telling the church to forgive. He said, hmm, you, should, you should forgive the guy, lest Satan should get an advantage over us because of legalities. Yes. All right. And when Jesus, our Lord was on earth and he spoke on faith, Mark 11, Jesus spoke on faith. Mark 11, he said, have faith in God, have the faith of God. For verily I say unto you, if you have, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you say to this mountain, be thou removed to yonder place, and shall not doubt in thine heart, as it, or to the sea, into the sea, and shall not doubt in thine heart, but shall believe that those things which you say, or you say it shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he say. And verse 24, and what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Verse 25, now he's speaking on faith, and when ye stand praying, forgive. The only thing Jesus said that was a hindrance to faith was not forgiving others. Not forgiving others. Hallelujah. What? And when you stand praying, forgive. So, Kenneth Hagin says that when his faith is not working, the only thing he checks, number one, the first thing he checks is, is, is to see whether he has an ill feeling or the feeling of animosity against the brother. Or he has harbored a kind of bitterness against someone. Can Hagen say that's the only thing he checks? So when you are not working in forgiveness, or you have harbored animosity and bitterness in your heart, you know what happens? I'm working in finances. Money is coming to me. I work in health. All your declaration becomes void. Void. So Jesus says that <laughs> you will say to this mountain, be thou removed. Now, mountain speaks of problems. It's a rabbinical way of addressing problems. Your headache can be a mountain. Ulcer can be a mountain. Poverty can be a mountain. You are commanding a mountain. It must go. But if it is not going, check your forgiveness. <laughs> check your forgiveness. Yeah. Your heart, if your heart is embittered against someone, if you see faith working by love, so your faith is impotent when there is no love. You are declaring, you are, you are doing, you just finished praying for five hours. But you are in bitterness against someone. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Hebrews 12, 15 is a very serious verse. Hebrews 12, 15 is a very serious verse. Looking diligently. And the word looking diligently is a Greek word, Greek word for bishop. We have a bishop in the house. <laughs> bishop, because the bishop is an overseer. So when it comes to forgiveness, you have to be a bishop of your own life. Check your life. Whether, look well. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. There's one way the Bible says you can fail of the grace of God. Hey, that's a serious thing. Do you know what it means to fail of God's grace? Now we live by His grace. His grace is favor you cannot merit. To fail of God's grace means that you, there is no favor in your life again. Your heaven, the heavens are close to you. There is no favor. To you, the heaven is like brass. 
There's no favor when you're working on the streets. There's no favor when you are traveling to Accra. There's no favor in your job, in your workplace. There's no favor in your marriage. You have failed of the grace of God. That's why it says looking diligently. Everything is by grace. You have the grace of God is now not working for you. So witches can hit you. Even lizard can hit you. <laughs> no, I, I didn't even say wizard. Lizard can even hit you. <laughs> and what is the cause? Bitterness. Harboring bitterness. And bitterness too, that is why in a church, if one person is embittered, don't talk to any other person. Talk to your leader. To come to your pastor and talk to your pastor. Because if you go and take, tell another person, that person too becomes defiled. And the whole church now becomes defiled. And now there's no grace coming on the church again. Because we are all embittered. <laughs> it's amazing. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. Very important. Look, those who are blessed the most. <laughs> Ken Hagen spoke of two families. He was pastor in a certain church and two families. The first family, they were not spiritually, they, they were not serious. Like, they were not too committed like that. They would come to church today, the next day they will not come. But that family, they are free. If you sin against them, they just forgive you. Anything you do against them, they forgive you. And there was a family, they were so committed to church. They were leaders in church. And every time they were sick, every time they were sick, every time they were going to the hospital. You know the reason? Look, they, never, they will never forgive you. If you, snack, <laughs> if you trespass. Ah! <laughs> and they were always sick. Always sick. Jesus gave a parable in Matthew 18 of a certain master. And there were two guys who owed him. One was owing him, Amplified Version says, 10,000 talents, which is $10 million. And he couldn't pay, so the master spared him. So he went out of the room and met a guy who owed him $20. He had been forgiven of $10 million. But he went out and met someone who owed him $20. <laughs> he took the guy to prison. He took his throat, I mean, and died. When the master heard it, he came and they made him arrested, got him arrested. Why was he arrested? He wasn't arrested because of the 10 million. He was arrested because of the 20 dollars. Yes. Because he had already been forgiven of the 10 million. But his arrest was because he couldn't forgive the 20 dollars. He had been forgiven, but he couldn't forgive. Christ has forgiven us all our sins. All is all. All our sins are gone. But we cannot forgive those who, has, who have hurt us. That's the 20 dollars. And he was in prison because of the 20 dollars. So unforgiveness is prison. Unforgiveness is prison. Someone offended you. You don't let go. You imprison yourself. You know what the master did? He delivered him to the tormentors. He delivered the guy to the tormentors. Not because of the 10 million, but because of the 20 dollars. The tormentors. You know the tormentors? Demons torment you. That is when demons have legal grounds to your life. They torment you financially. They torment you maritally. They torment you uh, occupationally. They torment you health-wise. They torment, 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 tormentors. So you are casting them and they are looking at you. Oh, you bind them and they unbind. <laughs> so legalities, it's legal for them. 
it's legal. Why, why are you good? It's legal. I always tell the story. There's years ago, I was pastoring a certain church, 2005 to 2008. I was pastoring a certain church, and I was an associate pastor. So my head pastor sent me to go and pray for a woman in a church who was a leader. In fact, everybody had prayed for the woman, but the leg was not healed. So I was wondering, what am I going to do there? So all these powerful men of God have prayed for the woman, and five doctors have diagnosed, checked their leg. They said nothing is wrong. What's wrong with her? So when I went to her place at Latabia Koshi, I remember, I got inside the room. When I got there, the Holy Ghost made me know that I don't need to pray for her. She's in bitterness. She's been offended and she's been holding on to it. So I spoke to her and led her through the scriptures and made her forgive all who have offended her. As she was forgiving, she started shouting, Pastor, Pastor, look, Pastor, he's gone, Pastor, Pastor. I didn't pray for healing, no. Pasta, pasta. <laughs> pasta, it's gone. Pasta, it's gone. It's gone. The demons have no more legal rights. It's gone. It was gone. <laughs> it's gone. Hallelujah. <laughs> there was this woman I knew. She's been believing God for a child for 30 years. But she and her best friend, she's embittered. Every day she's speaking against her best friend for 30 years, embittered. I don't know that was the cause. She has to let go. And the answers will come. <laughs> you know, all forgiveness is preparing a poison for someone to drink and you drinking it ahead of time. <laughs> That's unforgiveness. You know, the church at Corinth, let me tell you something. The Corinthian church. It was a gift that had all the gifts of the, the church that had all the gifts of the spirit operating. Yeah. Actually, Paul was writing because all the gifts of the spirit, the prophetic was there, the healing was there, all the gifts were there. So that's why in First Corinthians 1, 5 to 7, he says that in, ye, ye are enriched in all things, ye are enriched in all wisdom, in all knowledge, and in all utterance, so that ye came in behind no gift. They never lacked any gift. Waiting for the coming of Christ. So no gift was lacking in that church. So many were working in the gifts of healings. So he was writing to explain what was happening amongst them. The gift. The gift of healings was working. The working of miracles was working. The gift of faith was working. But that church, they were dying out of sickness more than any other church. <laughs> Yet that, that, many of them, pastors, a, a large number of them were becoming weak. Some were becoming sick and many of them were dying ahead of time. Yet all the gift was prevalent. Why? Why? In First Corinthians 11, 29, 30. Why? All the gifts. We are in a church. Can, can you imagine being in a church? Ben Hinn is a member of the church. Pastor Chris is a member of the church. You know, where the police is a member of the church. Oh. <laughs> Bishop Oti is a member. <laughs> Apostle David is a member. We are all there. Pastor Michael is there. And yet people are dying. We lay hands, yet they are dying. <laughs> we lay hands, yet they are dying. Hmm. So Apostle Paul said, He that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not descending the lost body. 
not discerning the lost body. For this reason, for this cause, many are weak. Now, the word weak is asthenis. It's a word for either physical weakness or in the Greek, it means to become financially poor. Many are weak and sickly. The word sickly is not the ordinary word for In Greek, it means to become critically ill. And many, the word many is the word for a large number of you are sleeping or dying. You die to go to heaven ahead of time. Sleep means you, you die prematurely. So instead of fulfilling your purpose on earth, you could have lived to 90, but now you are dying at 30 and 40. Which reason? They were not designing the lost body. You design the lost body in two ways. The lost physical body is what he died. He died and broke his body for our sicknesses and healing. The Lord spiritual, he has, the church is his body. To design the lost body practically is love. Walking in love. When you're not walking in love, you're not designing his body, which is the church. You know what it means to design his body? The head is Christ, the body is the church. Oh Lord, I love you. Okay, you are saying you love the head. But Lord, I don't, I don't like that brother. So you are saying you hate his body. I can't say, oh, I'll... can you say lady and tell the lady, oh, I love your head. <laughs> I just feel, for your body, uh, uh, I have a problem with your body. Yeah, so to say you love Christ and you hate a member means, that's what you're saying. You love the head, but you don't like the body because I'm his body, you are his body. The problem with the Corinthians was that they were taking the communion. Communion means that you are in covenant with God and with, we are, co communion means covenant with God and with one another. Jesus drank it and gave the same cup, pass it on. Oh, so covenant with God and with one another. You know what it means? It's deep. Now covenant with God means all that God has is now mine. I'm the heir of God. And with one another means that what you have is mine, what I have is yours. That's how the early church began. So when you are hungry and I don't feed you, I'm not designing the body. It's an insult. Because you see, that's a covenant. That's communion. We care for each other. What I have is yours. If I don't give you whilst you are hungry, it's, it's, it's a misnomer. Huh. The multitude of them that believed, Act 432, were of one heart and one soul. And neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was their own. What it means is that what is mine, I never claim that it is mine. But they had one thing common. Ah, as a proper church life, we love each other. The brother has been wearing one shirt for the past six months. You have enough shirt to spare. You know what you are doing? You are not designing his body. Yeah. <laughs> You're not designing the body. Yeah. Why, why do you think you sit where you are sitting? And where you sit, God makes you see a lady or a sister or a brother sitting there every day. God is making you see. Don't, don't close your eyes in, in the name of worship. Look at us. See the person. <laughs> Someone is not smiling at church. You know why? For the past two days, he has not eaten. You have enough to spare. Go and give the person money to buy food. That's it. The Corinthians were taking communion. Let the lest stop. They were taking communion and at the same time suing each other in court. That's what they were doing. 
they were suing each other in court, yet when they come, they say we are in covenant with, with each other. We don't design the body. For that reason, they were becoming weak, they were becoming sick. Look, no doctor can heal you. They kind of sickness as a spiritual root. <laughs> no doctor can solve the issue. Hallelujah. And there's one that is very important. First Peter 3 verse 7. Beware who you marry. Because otherwise, beware who you marry. <laughs> you know why? Especially if you love prayer. <laughs> Look at what this verse is. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto a weak, the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Hey. That means you can be married and your prayers are hindered. Hmm. <laughs> you are prayed for five hours and God says, you had better slept. <laughs> you are always fighting with your wife. There is always offenses, bitterness, unforgiveness. It's not good. So beware who you marry. Because you see, you are heirs together the grace of life. The word heirs together is the word for joint heirs. You know, we and Christ, we are joint heirs. Joint heirs in those days, the word sum kleronomos here means implies in those days. When you are receiving a parcel, there are two people entitled to that, role, that parcel. You give your consent. If the other doesn't give his consent, you cannot receive the parcel. That is joint heirs. That means there are certain graces, it comes. If you and your wife, you are fighting, there is no consent. The angel takes it back. <laughs> Some of you are going to reconcile to your husbands. <laughs> uh, if, if you know you cannot, why don't you remain single for life? <laughs> uh, this is not the correct revelation. <laughs> Someone says that's how power is powerful. Ah, but the bishop is powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So let's easily forgive. Now, how do we deal with unforgiveness and bitterness in the heart? Because when you're working in it, hmm, Satan has legal grounds. Brings so many things in your life. Legalities. You are praying, God, even God cannot do anything. Because it is legal. You do in the wrong territory. Satan is righteous and he's dealing with you righteously. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, Pastor Michael told him that ah, if people know distance, sometimes don't, you don't even need to pray and the blessings are chasing you. <laughs> but there are others who pray by distance. Bitterness. They can pray at a prayer meeting and they go home and fight. Uh -huh. ah. <laughs> God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God